It is that time of year again. Today on the podcast, we are talking about how you can create some better photos this fall. What is up, everybody? It's your host, Austin James Jackson. Welcome back to the Learn Landscape Photography Podcast. You know, it is fall. It's time to go out there and capture some amazing photos. It's probably the best time of year for photography, and I'm really excited for it. In today's episode, I talked to John Byrne, someone who's out there shooting fall photos a ton. He shares a lot of great advice with us. I don't want to beat around the bush today. I want to just get straight to the conversation. So here it is, guys, my conversation with John Byrne. All right, really excited to welcome John Byrne to the podcast. John, welcome to the Learn Landscape Photography Podcast. Will you go ahead and just start off by telling us a little about yourself for some of our listeners that may not be familiar? Yeah, thanks, Austin. Uh, first of all, super excited to be here as well. Uh, been a fan of yours for for a long time, and uh, was really honored to to be invited to the, the podcast. So I live in Camas, Washington, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Moved out here in 2017 from Florida, so could not have moved further away from my hometown. And uh, been really just excited to to be out here since 2017. It's been a part of the country that I've always wanted to go to. And once I moved out here, it, it really just lit the photography fire back um, that I've always had, right? I've shot camera uh, with film for, for a long time. And then, you know, took some time off to start a family. I have two kids. And, and so that, you know, obviously gets in the way sometimes of the photography hobby. But when I moved out here, it really was just uh, sort of an awakening of, of that passion that I had uh, for my whole life. I really just shooting all the way back to Canon Rebel and film black and white and, you know, rolls of film in your bag. Um, but it's been... Uh, it's been a nice journey here since 2017 to, to shoot around in the Pacific Northwest. It's certainly a great place to be. I, I definitely know as someone that used to live in the Pacific Northwest, it's a great place to be when the, when the weather is right for photography. Um, and when I look at your portfolio, I think one of my favorite parts about your work has been the fall photos. You seem to post a lot of them. It seems like you're out shooting a lot of fall colors. And I think you really have a knack for capturing those autumn images perfectly. And I'm really looking forward to hopefully picking up a few pieces of advice from you in today's episode. I think one mistake that I personally see, or at least one mistake that I perceive in my opinion, uh, that a lot of photographers are making when they are shooting in the fall or autumn time is that they adjust the white balance and post-processing way too warm. Cause you know, if you warm up your white balance, it makes your fall color look a lot more extreme and a lot better, which for a lot of people, more color is, is better is what they think. But this ultimately creates an unrealistic looking photo in my opinion. But when I look at your work, it feels like it's just toned perfectly. It's never too warm. It's never too cool. It's just perfect right in the middle. Can you speak to this at all um, regarding how you do this or any advice that you would give to someone that's struggling with this? Absolutely. So fall photography, you know, growing up in Florida, you, you don't have a fall season. So I, I think that's why, 
you see me post so much because I'm just super excited about that season. I, I never had it. And, you know, when I moved out here, that the, the change of the colors and just the, the beautiful scenes that appear for just a short period of time really just get me excited to get out. And it's probably my most productive season of the year. Uh, I, I tend to hibernate during the winter and the camera goes on a shelf, but, uh, you know, getting out there and, and shooting the colors, I think the colors really do enough on their own. Um, and, and that's why I let this scene really drive the white balance. I shoot in manual, uh, I shoot in manual white balance. So in Kelvin and right around 57 to, you know, 6,000 on the Kelvin range. And then that, you know, stays pretty constant throughout the, you know, the, the month of, of shooting color. What I find is that, you know, the yellows and the oranges are going to do enough for the scene. And I don't really feel like I have to enhance the colors too much. They have a nice contrast to the Pacific Northwest evergreen green colors that appear. And then I try to do a lot of waterfall uh, fall shooting as well. So you know, pushing the warmth too much really can have a negative uh, effect on the water. And so I think the water keeps me grounded a little bit, right, with that element um, and being able to keep it somewhat cooler for the water uh, and then allowing the yellows and the oranges to, you know, to stay more natural. Um, so I don't really push that white balance any further than, you know, that, that 57, 5800 range on the Kelvin and then leave it as that when I get into the post-processing uh, steps. I'm curious, that 57 to 6,000 Kelvin that you use, are you just going in and manually telling the camera that, or is there like, like I know on my camera, if I go to adjust the white balance, it'll say like cloudy white balance or sunny white balance, or like, you know what I'm talking about? I, I do, yeah. So in that same setting, you're... It, the camera will default to that auto, right? Auto white balance. And that's usually a, a very safe and, uh, you know, good place to leave your camera. I find that the, the differences of the scenes that I shoot between night photography and fall photography, um, and then just your standard, you know, everyday water photography, I've tended to, to move my white balance selection to Kelvin and then we'll adjust based off of, you know, where I, I feel that the image should be in post-processing. I tend to try to shoot when I'm in the scene for how I want the image to look right when I get into either Lightroom or Photoshop. Uh, you can always adjust your white balance in post-processing, but based off of the experience that I've had here for the last seven, eight years, I, I've sort of, you know, gotten to a point where I know where I want it to be. And so I just go ahead and shoot that white balance setting in field. Uh, and that's, so yeah, in that same white balance selection mode, you can choose auto, which is great. Uh, or you can do cloudy or tungsten light. But if you keep scrolling over, there is a K or a Kelvin option. And then you can pick the white balance you want for the specific scene that you're shooting. And that's a little bit more advanced. Um, but it's, it performs the same function as, you know, pushing your white balance warmer or cooler when you're in say Lightroom or Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and 
like you said, a little more advanced, but if you are to that point where, you know, you've kind of got everything else figured out, like just to switch over to that white balance that, you know, can just be one less thing you have to adjust later. And it can help your image look a little bit more like your final image on the back of your camera screen, which is always good. So I like that. I did, I honestly didn't even know that you could adjust by Kelvin. I'm like an auto white balance shooter, uh, at the moment, I guess I, I've just been forever, but I guess I'll have to play with it this fall. Cause, uh, that's really good to know. So thank you for that. And I'm curious, um, we talk a little bit about color and editing. How much, if any adjustment are you making to these HSL sliders to fine tune the color in the fall? A lot of this is to taste, right? I, I think photography you find, especially Milky Way photography, a lot of that is, is editing to taste. And in fall, that that happens as well, right? Some people really want the yellows to, to, to pop or, or want to push the oranges. Um, you, can, you can really get into some HSL slider um, debates. I find that a, a little bit goes a long way. Where I use the HSL slider is more to try to separate the yellows and the oranges because that's Depending on when you're shooting your scene, yellows and oranges can look really similar to each other. Um, they're, they're sort of on that same color, you know, portion of the wheel. Um, and, it, and it's hard to, to separate and, and make it look more, a little more dynamic. So I, I find that that's where I'm using the HSL slider is, is specifically around those colors and, and moving the hue a little bit. Um, taking my orange and, and maybe moving it a little bit uh, darker uh, to just sort of get that color separation between those two colors. Uh, same thing with green, right? There's sometimes a lot of yellows and greens and, and I'll push the greens a little bit bluer, uh, a little more cyan just to, again, create some separation between the, the leaves that aren't changing, the evergreens or the shrubs around the waterfall um, or underneath the trees to then just provide some additional layers to the image. Otherwise, um, sometimes some scenes are just all red, all yellow, all orange, and, and it's just kind of is overload, right, with color. So using the HSL slider, just a, a couple of points, right, a, a little bit goes a long way uh, to really just help create some separation in the colors. Speaking of colors, uh, I do feel like when I look at your photos, and maybe these are just the ones you post, um, but it seems like all the photos that you post, they're timed perfectly to get just the right color. Is is your timing just phenomenal or are you able to slightly tweak the colors and how much can someone expect to maybe fix fall colors that might be past their prime or slightly early? And how exactly would they do that if possible? I can say there are a few images in my portfolio that the timing was just perfect. Uh, there's, there's one specific image. It's, it's my favorite image I've ever taken. Uh, it's called trees of gold and it was shot from an extremely popular location with a great view of Mount hood. And in this particular day, there was a ton of fog and, and you just couldn't even see the mountain. And so I just happened to pivot over and, and just take this scene of trees that just were turning yellow. And then when the sun hit the fog, everything just turned a beautiful, just golden light. Uh, and and it, it was something that was just perfect. I've been to this spot 
at least a dozen more times. I shot that image, I think, in 2017, 2018. I've been to this spot a dozen more times and never have had those same conditions. So, yeah, there there are some shots that, you know, you just get lucky. You roll into a scene and and it's it's perfect. I would say the majority of, of what I've done, it's going to the scene, the leaves aren't right, I'll, you know, just use the opportunity to, to explore compositions and, and then know that, hey, it's, I'm a week early, right? Or, or it's a week late. Um, you just never know. I, I, that's the interesting thing about this season. I've looked back on images and there's a certain location in Portland, the Japanese garden, that's very popular and has just tons of compositions. And one year we shot it in October. The next year it was the second week in November. And the year after that, it was the first, you know, first week of November. It, it just all depends. So I think a lot of research, uh, a lot of, you know, talking with your friends and, you know, people that are in other parts of the state where you, you've got a, maybe a location that you want to go to um, and just asking, hey, how's it looking? You know, it's uh, seems to be about right over here or at this particular elevation um, and, and you just, sometimes you got to pull the trigger. And for me with the family, it's, I don't have a ton of opportunity. I, I, I have to pick my, you know, my times to go and, you know, and then if, if I get lucky, I get lucky. Um, but sometimes it's, you know, Hey, I, I'm a little early and, you know, it's just not going to work out. How can you, you know, can you tweak the colors to get that ideal, you know, scene in your head? Kind of not really, you know, I mean, you mentioned that earlier that, you know, people can can push colors and you can oversaturate it or you can push yellows to the, the color that you want. And I mean, I think that's doable. I, I, I think it's harder to make that scene or that edit look more realistic. Um, and that's where, you know, for me personally, I, I just won't try to do that. I'll just either go back or I'll just chalk it up that, okay, that composition is going to be a miss this year. And it'll just be on my short list for next year. Um, it's a good month long season. So you have opportunities to go in and try to get different locations. Um, but no, I don't typically try to push colors to fix, you know, a, a lack of color in the, the composition that I'm shooting that day. So I, I like that. And I know you did mention, um, something that kind of leads into my next question really well. I was interested in, uh, if there's a tool of finding when the peak fall color would be other than just going out yourself or asking for a friend, which I know you talked about those latter two things. Is there any tools online for any areas that you particularly know in order to find, uh, when that peak fall color is for people that haven't maybe been to a location before? No, I, I it's, it's tough to, you know, there aren't as many tools in, in, that I'm aware of. Uh, as there are for, you know, compositional um, tools like photo pills um, or, you know, moon phases for your Milky Way photography. Um, I think what I've seen the majority of, you know, the online Instagram community use as a tool is, is just looking at, you know, the hubs, the, the feature accounts that are out there. The, the tricky thing is, and some sometimes the the jokes behind the scenes in the photography community is you know people will start to post fall photography right and and then and then you can just look in the comments and people are asking like oh is this current conditions is is this now yeah. <laughs> and and you know we just we laugh because we 
we're happy to share and we're happy to, you know, show the, the beautiful areas that we live in. Um, but I think that the best tool is to, you know, kind of just look out your window, right? If you're in an area and, and you know that fall is, is going to happen, I can tell I have a maple tree in my front yard. I can tell when it starts to turn based on the elevation that I'm, I'm at here in my house that there are going to be certain areas that are going to start to change, right? And I think that really the best tool is just going to be experience. And it makes it really difficult, you know, if you're traveling to a new location, right? If you, you're going to the Northeast and you want to, you know, see all Maine and Vermont and, and all the colors that, you know, those states are, are provide every season, that's pretty difficult. I've never been there. I think the best thing that I could do would be just to research and look online and try to figure out when the ideal, you know, time to schedule a trip. And and at that point, you're, you know, you're, you're taking a gamble, you're rolling the dice on when you think the color is going to be, um, and you'll make the best of your opportunity. But if you're local, then I think a lot of it is just taking drives and, and noticing the trees that are changing in your neighborhood or, um, what you can see online and, and then knowing that, okay, it's time to, time to start going. And then you just put the camera in the bag and hop in the car and, and go try to shoot your scenes. And in some spots you'll get to, and you'll realize that you're early or you're late and you know, you just need to move on. Some locations like the Japanese garden in Portland, which is probably one of my most favorite locations to shoot in the city. Cause just because it's such a beautiful place to, to see the change of colors they'll actually post um, on their Instagram page, you know, color updates. And, and they'll just, you know, someone will go in through the garden and post a video. And I mean, that's a great resource. And, and I've never shied away from using, you know, social media as sort of barometer of, of how the colors are looking for certain locations. Uh, you just have to be careful because sometimes people will do, you know, what I mentioned earlier, uh, posting a photo from last year, right? Because they want uh-huh. to promote what you know how beautiful a location will be and and clearly it's not a current condition right i've, I've been guilty of doing that um you just want to you know share the beauty that you can capture in your your hometown and you know it's probably not a true representation of what the color is currently yeah absolutely and, and i think one of the one of the things at least that i would recommend is like ideally if you're chasing fall coloring you're going to travel you have an open schedule so you can go when it's good and you can drive there. So you're not bound to like a flight or a hotel or anything like that. And if that's the case, like look just on people's Instagram stories. If you're following enough photographers, like I've, we're probably still a week out from the peak fall color in Colorado, which is like obviously the big spot. Mm -hmm. A lot of photographers are going. And just today I've already seen like four or five different Instagram stories from photographers out there. And just from looking at their story, I don't even have to ask them. I can see like, okay, yeah, that tree is probably a week away or a week and a half or two weeks or whatever. So you can look on there. And then if you are, like you said, trying to travel, like say internationally or somewhere across the country, one thing that you can do, uh, and, and I'll recommend this is look up workshops, photography workshops for where you're going. Of course, attend one if you, if you can, but if you're not interested in attending a workshop, go around the same time that workshop is going, because the person that's leading that workshop, you would assume, and you would hope 
has shot at that location many times before. They've planned that workshop specifically around the days that are most likely. And of course, fall color might be early or late, but they're planning that workshop around the days that are most likely to have that fall color. So if you're planning in advance, that's one way that you can do that. So that's kind of what I would recommend. Yeah, that's a really good one. And I think you you mentioned, you know, like noticing like a tree might take, you know, a, a week early or, you know, two weeks early. I think that's a really important, you know, understanding of how the leaves change. And and that's, you know, I didn't go to school for, for that. I'm not a, a botanist. Um, but I think the more you shoot, the more you'll understand the timing of this season, right? Knowing that, this particular tree will be all red uh, or all orange. And if right now it's, you know, that greenish yellow, you can tell based on your experience, okay, this needs another week or this needs another two weeks. Um, And then knowing that based on how much light certain trees get, um, this tree might turn before this tree tucked in the shadows here. Those are all things that I didn't know, you know, five, six years ago. And, and now I can go to Multnomah Falls and there's two massive trees right next to the bridge that both turn yellow, but it's very rare that they're both yellow at the exact same time, just based on, you know, the location of where they are and how much sunlight one gets versus the other. Um, but it's t- it took me a couple of years to figure that out. And I think those are things that you'll just learn as you continue to shoot. And, and it helps shooting the same scene sort of year after year. And, and you see the photos in my portfolio. If you scroll way down, you can see, you know, my images from 2017, 2018, they're not as good as they were in 2020 to 2023. It's because I've gotten better uh, at understanding that change in the color and, and worked on improving my timing. Right. So there's, there's things that you'll pick up, but it, it takes a while. It's not something, I think falls a very dynamic type of shooting experience it's not like a waterfall that's always flowing and you can just always get water coming over the you know over the waterfall um you you have to really work at it and and it's a fall photography is something that you can always continue to improve on and and you mentioned it the timing and of when to get that ideal color change is something that will take a while for you know for you to figure out so I'm curious, uh, on the podcast here, I like to try and get as many like quick hitting tips that people can apply instantly to their own, their own work to make it better. Um, so I'm wondering if you have a tip or a couple of tips that are fall specific, uh, centered around photography to help some of the listeners to capture better images this fall or things that maybe you did since, like you mentioned, since 2017 to 2020, um, you kind of figured it out a little more, like just some things that you would recommend to your older self to help you to kind of capture better fall images. Yeah. I, the first thing is have a short list, right? Have, have a top five locational composition, you know, list of, of what you want, right? The, the fall season is short. It's one of the shortest seasons of the year. Um, so have that short list of your top five locations you want to get. I tend to add a lot of reflections, uh, in, in my images, right? It gives a little bit more depth, a little bit more uh, pop to the composition. Super easy to do here with a lot of the waterfalls in the Pacific Northwest that have great fall colors around it. Uh, pick a location that has a lot of compositions, 
you know, for me with the family, when I go out, my time is very valuable. So I try to find a location that, you know, has multiple compositions of not just the same scene or the same waterfall, uh, but even if it is the same waterfall, multiple compositions at that location so I can maximize my time in the fields. Uh, the last one's a, a trigger warning for, for some photographers uh, is that well-placed leaf, right? I don't shy away from it. There's uh, a few images in my portfolio that have a, uh, a well-placed leaf um, that gives a little bit of a foreground pop. I know there are some photographers that, that joke about it or, or poke fun at, you know, folks that do this, but I, I don't, you know, it's my personal opinion. I, I like it. I'll, I, I've been known to, you know, lay down a few leaves in a foreground to, to make it look uh, more colorful. Um, but that's, you know, that's probably my quick, you know, tips for the, the season. I think the most important one is have that short list, right? And stick to it. If, if you have a list of five locations, get them. And, and if you go to one and you're a little early, keep it on the list and, and try to go to it again. Do you use any filters when you're shooting fall colors at all? I used a couple. I, I think the main one that you should use, and especially if you're shooting waterfalls, right, is that CPL. The, the, the CPL filter on water, removing that reflection uh, in your foreground in, in either the stream, the creek, or, or just the pool of water, that's, that's a must. I think the other thing that a CPL will do is, you know, on any leads you have in the foreground, I usually shoot very early in the morning. I, I try to, you know, park the car in the dark and, and hike into a location, you know, in the dark to get there when I have that soft light, early morning light. Uh, but typically what that means is there's a lot of dew or water uh, in your foreground and that water will cause reflection or glare. So that CPL, turning that CPL to reduce that glare in your foreground is a huge must. Uh, another one that I use, and not so much, but uh, I've used it before, so I figured I'd mention it, uh, is a light pollution filter. Light pollution filters have a really unique effect to fall colors. It can kind of enhance uh, the yellows and oranges, as it has the negative effect for, for night photography of removing that light pollution. Uh, it has just that opposite effect during the daytime, especially when you're shooting, you know, yellows and oranges, it can actually enhance that a little bit. Uh, we talked about it earlier, you know, I don't tend to over enhance the colors, but I've had a light pollution filter on there before. And maybe if you're, you know, a little early, uh, it could it could have a little bit of a pop on it, um, but those are the two. The CPL definitely, uh, and again, a, a light pollution filter sometimes can can enhance the colors. Yeah, good to know. Um, do you have any advice or tips when it comes to post processing your fall photos? Uh, a well balanced scene, right? For me, uh, with with fall, you know, uh, a, a single tree is is tough um unless it's you know a japanese garden you know maple tree right those tend to be really pretty um when you're in post-processing i tend to at the very end tend to add a little bit more vibrance pop or brightness uh specifically on the yellows um one of the other you know post-processing tips is that orton effect for you know for that dreamy look uh, that's that's very popular uh, in Photoshop. 
and it can add to that, you know, dream effect that you want for, for fall photography. Um, my number one tip probably, especially for, for folks that are, you know, getting into the editing and the post-processing specifically around in Photoshop is, and, and my friends love to just poke fun at me at this one. I'm notorious for having 12 versions of a final image, right? I, I get so excited when I, I get to what I feel is a, a, a nice ending point of an edit and then I'll save it uh, and then I'll come back to it in a day. And then I'll notice, oh, mm, I don't think so. I, I need to change this or that. Uh, and then I'll get to, you know, version two. And then that's probably when I'll start to share it with friends, right? And say, hey, what do you think? You know, or I'm stuck here on this, or I'm not too sure about the crop. Um, and then just share it with friends, you know, a close group of folks that you trust their opinion and, and they're not afraid to, you know, let you hear it if they think you've done something a little too much or you need to do a little bit more to your edit. Um, but definitely sit on an edit. Um, that's probably the best advice I can get. You, you know, we all get so excited to get home and, and process an image from a composition that we've wanted for a long time. And, and then we get all excited and we get through our, our workflow. And, and then you, you might not see something that you would see a day or two later coming back to it in a little bit more of a calm head. Uh, and then you can, you know, open it up and realize, oh, okay, let me, let me clean up the foreground. Let me, you know, remove that distraction in, in the edit or in the image. Um, and that, that tends to help a lot. I, I think just keeping a calm head uh, and that really has to happen a couple of days after that probably initial edit. Perfect. Um... I mean, that's all, all great. I, I mean, I don't even have anything to add to that. I think that's perfect. Um, the last question that I do always ask people here on the Learn Landscape Photography Podcast is if you had one piece of advice for a photographer that's trying to take better photos, what would that piece of advice be? I know you've given us a lot of advice already, but this doesn't have to do with fall photography. It can be something totally different. Just a single piece of advice for a photographer that's trying to improve. Take a million photos. You know, just... Take as many photos as you can. Um, for me, I, I try to take as many compositions. I'm still learning. Compositional um, creativity is, is, I would say, my weak point. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I do well enough in, in setting a composition in camera. So I, I tend to shoot a lot in a location. Um, it's easy to go online and, and see what other people have done. I, I try to push that a little bit inside my own, you know, art to, to find new compositions and scenes, but it's definitely a struggle. Uh, so take a million photos and, and just, you know, go out there and just click away and, and then get home. Because once you get them on your camera, on your memory card, and you have them in your computer, two or three years later, when you get better at editing, you have all those images. And then you can sit down and really have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree with that more. Um, finally, just kind of wrap us up. Tell us where we can find more of your work. Where can we buy from you? Learn from you. Give us, give us the whole nine yards here. All right. Well, I have, uh, I have a website. Uh, it's johnburnphotography.com. So on there I have, you know, a print store and I, I have links to, you know, doing tutorials or, you know, one-on-one -on -one lessons. 
I have a few. Uh, currently, I have a show going on in in Camas, um, so that's been exciting. I have you know a whole coffee shop, and you know I know you had Michael uh, Howard on before, and, and he does shows, and it's that's a whole other unique aspect of photography. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I got a couple of restaurants in town uh, in Vancouver and Camas that that have um, you know have my stuff up on the wall, and and it's exciting to see. But my Instagram is John Byrne Photography, uh, and, and you know, with a full-time gig and a family, uh, the Instagram and the website is pretty much the the main uh, the main vehicle for for getting my name out there. there you guys have it hopefully you will be taking some phenomenal images this fall i know i'm going to be out there shooting and i hope you guys will as well because it truly is probably one of the best times of year for landscape photography Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Learn Landscape Photography Podcast. If you guys have any questions, any comments, anything like that, please feel free to send them in. I'd love to hear from you guys. Austin at Austin at jamesjackson.com. Also, it really helps me to continue to grow this podcast. If you leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts, I know a lot of you guys are listening on Apple or Spotify or whatever you're listening on, leave me a review. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Love reading that stuff and it really helps me to continue to grow this podcast and to get really high quality guests like John on here every single week to give you guys some photography tips to ultimately help you become a better photographer. I really truly do hope that you think this podcast is quick hitting and helpful. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.